Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey, loyal listeners. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies, doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. Now join me as I have a conversation with Rafael Hernandez Alarcon. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, my guest today is Rafael Hernandez Alarcon. Rafael, thank you so much for joining me today. Al, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I am really, really excited. Excellent. So Rafael, one of the reasons why I really wanted to interview Rafael is because he has such an interesting story and we're going to dig into it. But he uh, used to be a chef, a professional chef. Uh, well, I guess he still is a professional chef, but he's actually pivoted his career through the Inception U Evolve program into becoming a full stack software developer. And so I'm really, really fascinated about that whole process. And I want to talk about that. So can we start, Raphael, maybe tell us, uh, clearly you have an accent. Um, maybe you could tell us sort of where you grew up and kind of what your life was like and how you got into becoming uh, into the culinary arts. And, uh, and then what was the, the, that trigger that, that sort of changed you and want, made you want to go into technology and, and become a developer? Awesome. Of course. Uh, well, uh, first of all, to add a little bit of more spiciness into the story, this actually is my second pivot. So I have a I have a bachelor in business. Uh, I'm originally from Mexico. I studied uh, business administration, and I was hired by my university even uh, when I even before I finished my degree. At one point, I felt that it wasn't fulfilling me, and I have always had the the idea of cooking. Uh, I I start cooking very early in my life because I needed to do it for my family. So just a regular home home cooking, but uh, I always loved it. So at one point, actually, I quit my job. I sold everything and I went down to Argentina to train as a chef. So that was my first pivot. And the immersion was complete because while well, I was studying full time and I was working uh, full time uh, too with uh, in the restaurant of the school. So that was my first pivot. I have always loved cooking. Uh, after I finished uh, in Argentina, I came back to Mexico. I couldn't find a, a right fit for me. And so I went to work in a stash or an apprenticeship in Spain to work as a, as a chef in, a, in a, funny enough, a, a restaurant that we received the first Michelin star when I was working for them for a little while. So it was, it was really good. Then I came back to Mexico and uh, I Again, I couldn't find my the right spot for the for the profession. Like I, I was feeling that I have invested enough to to do the pivot in order to to actually waste it in whatever the uh, job options that I was finding. So I started the, the process to immigrate to Australia or to Canada. And fortunately, Canada uh, happened faster. Alberta chose me and I came to, to work here. So cooking has always been my passion. It, it's always going to be uh, in me. Um, my 
pivot was in the first instance triggered by some repetitive strain injury that I had on, on my on my arms because I was uh, kind of producing like a big amounts of, of food. Most uh, of my late career was uh, related more in a caring and that kind of high high volume uh, production kitchens. Uh, so I found a beautiful niche uh, there to uh, start teaching cooking. And I just loved it. Uh, the, the, the level or the quantity of production was just perfect for me. And I found myself that I really enjoyed to share uh, what I know. And I, I think it's one of the best ways to actually solidify the knowledge in your head when you are able to explain it. And I was fortunate enough in the school, uh, we had like the summer camps and, and uh, adult classes. So when you need to adapt your, your teaching to different uh, ages and different levels and different foundations, that actually gives you an expert in many, many ways. So pandemic kicked and uh, everything went, uh, uh, everything was gone. And I decided to, to pivot to this technical career. I have always been technical inclined. Actually, before my degree in business, I, I took one semester of uh, a computer engineer back in Mexico. Uh, my foundations on, on pure math weren't enough for me to feel comfortable with the with the with the rhythm so i i switched to to business funny enough that was not uh, not rather challenging to me i enjoyed it i finished it but uh, he, here we are and the pivoting um other than that i didn't want to go back to having the the injury and uh, uh cooking is always going to be part of my life i know that i can uh, bring together what i have from my business background, from uh, from uh, my cooking experience in three, four different countries, so, so that comes to, comes with me, right? So, in the words of uh, Michael Kinder, I I am a junior developer with uh, with uh, with quite senior uh, transferable skills. It was uh, the Inception U Evolve program that sort of captured your attention, and uh, you you learned full stack development through that program. Um, I've done episodes on Inception U on a couple of occasions, so I don't need to go too deep into it, but I'd like to kind of hear just briefly your thoughts on the program itself. No, I, I would love to. It, it has been a transformative experience for me in many, many ways. I have to recognize that now uh, the place where I am right now, I might not be the best return of investment on code uh, words per minute, but the whole thing that I extracted from the program, so all the essential skills, all the unlearning and the, the relearning, I was in opposition of the of the the project-based learning because I like to have the big picture of where I'm going to be at the end. So that was a big shift for me, and I I wouldn't like it otherwise. I love it every single session. So again, I might not be the best uh, at coding or the fastest at coding right now, but uh, I am bringing it little by little, and and I'm going to get there, and I'm going to get up to speed. I uh, I haven't been um, afraid of learning, so I am on on the right path. And as I said, this it was a transformative experience, and and the the material that I got um, that I learned now I know all the things that I don't know and that I want to. Makes sense. 
for those of you who don't already know uh, Raphael and and maybe you're not connected to him on LinkedIn yet, which I, I strongly encourage that you do connect with him on LinkedIn. His link is in the show notes. But Raphael did something really, really interesting when he first started the program. He uh, created a daily well, pretty close to daily, if not daily, post uh, on LinkedIn about his experience in the program. And uh, I found that really, really fascinating. He had he went so far as to talk about everything that he learned in that day and uh, created, you know, custom graphics like like to kind of explainers to, to put the concepts in place. And, uh, you know, it was it was really, really ref- exciting to see that uh uh, every day there was a new post from Raphael and there was lots of uh, engagement. And, um, you know, in the in the program, uh, one of the things that I talk about in the program is networking. And uh, Raphael uh, really, really took that to heart. And uh, he really did a lot of uh, work. He was attending Rainforest uh, events. He was posting on LinkedIn. He was getting to know people. What What was your motivation for doing the posting on LinkedIn every day. There's one phrase that uh, really impacts me every time that I hear it or uh, I see it anywhere. Uh, Growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone. So I wasn't uh, very comfortable. And yesterday it was a daily post. Actually, uh, if you count them, there's 124 posts. So (laughs) yes, uh, I, I didn't feel like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But since I started, I have, I think, a little bit of uh, uh, obsessive compulsiveness, so I, I couldn't stop it. I have to tell you that there was, I don't know, maybe 20% of the posts that I, I made them because I have to, because I have already started. So I try not to put that um, negative uh, uh, thought space in the, in the post, but it was like, oh, I don't feel like making my post today. But I need to because I already started and I made the commitment. And yes, as you said, uh, like a lot of the, the images became uh, custom uh, made. Like I, I, I would spend between an hour to two hours to create the, the visual concept for the post. There's a funny story there. I think I, I told you um, I got, a, I got a slap on the wrist for one of the images that I use on one of the, of the posts uh, because somebody felt that I was uh, infringing the rights. So from that day, I start creating the images. So these are mine, and you you cannot do anything about it. And actually, I invite anybody if if, if find any of those images helpful, go crazy and use it in whatever the application you want. I don't I like they, I made them, but they are for every for everyone. That's really really kind of you. Um, and I know that uh, with the copyright laws and stuff you're supposed to ask permission and whatever, but if it's just being used, uh, I mean, you're not making any money from it. It's just, you're just kind of resharing somebody's work. Uh, perhaps you didn't uh, uh, acknowledge them in the uh, sharing of their image and that's maybe why they got upset, but uh, cool on you for taking the initiative to actually make it even a harder project and do your own images. That's pretty, pretty intelligent. Good job on that one for sure. <laughs> So what's your, what's your prospect? So like, I know you're, um, you're feeling that you, you've completed the program and you've learned a bunch of stuff, but you're, it it sounds to me like you're feeling uh, a little bit, um, unsure of whether you can actually go and do development for a living yet. Um, I suspect you can, I suspect it's a little bit of imposter syndrome, but what's, what's your thoughts on the future? Like, what do you, what do you want to do next? 
Oh man, you hit that nail on the head. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my internal critic is saying, what are you doing? Go back to the kitchen. <laughs> Obviously it's not going to happen. Uh, I need to uh, work on myself a little bit out to actually uh, get rid of that imposter syndrome. It will never uh, go away, but in the words of, of Jen, uh, the, the catalyst for Inception U, uh, I, don't, I shouldn't let the, the imposter drive the car. I'm driving the car and I decide if it's a co-pilot or I put it on the trunk. So that's right. what, what it's next for me. I need to learn that uh, I will never know everything. And uh, one step at a time, it, it takes you the long way. Uh, I don't want to put all these stereotypes and cliches, but uh, it's true. Like uh, I, I might not know something, but I, there's documentation. So I need to, to apply myself and use the documentation in my favor. Like I have, I think the biggest doubt in, uh, in my head is to develop the problem solving uh, abilities of most software developers have. Like mm -hmm. I, I am good enough and actually re really good at the breaking down problems in, in little parts. The next part that I need to link and I need to get uh, a lot better on that is to know how a specific parts of a specific languages can help me to solve the solution that I already broken down in and digestible parts. So I think I need to um, do a little bit more training by myself. Uh, but if uh, if the, the opportunity arise, I will uh, take any uh, any interview that comes my way. I, I, I actually love to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. I don't. I don't get uh, really, really nervous uh, about it, and uh, and I will. I will do it, and I will be candid, and I will be open. Like I might not be your fastest, uh, uh, your fastest coder right now, but I have a lot of things. Uh, like for those that don't know, Project Tree in uh, in Inception U, it's uh, is full agile, full Scrum, and that is something that I'm going to take with me forever. I just loved it. The accountability, you cannot hide. You need to actually bring things to the table every day. And that actually uh, makes you think differently on, on how you are interacting with your, with your team. Very true. Very true. And, and it's, it's really, it's the best way to develop software projects because, well, first of all, if it's done properly, obviously, um, you know, then the, the owner of the product is part of the team. And they get to, to, you know, as, as each week goes by, they get to see what's happening and just make decisions on what happens next. Um, maybe something they originally thought was really important. Now they're seeing how the, the program is, is being developed. They're, they're going, okay, well, maybe that's not quite as important right now, but what we really need is this piece. And you can kind of, in an agile way, you can add different pieces and, and, and progress the project as it, as it goes. And because of the way the process works, each week you have, in theory, you have a deliverable project at that point. So when people want to release their first version or their beta version of their software, um, the development will continue. And each week there'll be new pieces to release in theory. <laughs> I say in theory because it doesn't, <laughs> well, well laid plans don't always uh, work out as planned. But, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, most of the people realize in, in, in the program is that uh, once you implement that agile process, the project becomes a lot smoother and, and cleaner and, and effective than when you just kind of figure it out on your own. And I'm sure you had 
a similar experience uh, in the program too, eh? Yeah, that that's for sure. I'll, I keep telling people, and, and, and I know that it might be a simplified uh, uh, version of this or vision of this. Well, it has been 20, 20 years since I left, uh, since I finished business. And I, I'm coming back to all the things that I already studied then. So project management. Project management is exactly what I saw in 20 years ago in a nice new package and a lot of documentation. But the same goes with, with Agile. Agile, if you go to the 1980s uh, uh, quality cultures and all the, the, the bringing the Japanese quality culture and Kanban and all that, Agile is just that refactor like with a brand new name and obviously it comes with certifications and a way a way to monetize right so they they weren't uh, strange to me this concept but apply them the way that we did in, in inception new program it was just great fantastic like uh, okay so you need to actually tell what you did today if you did nothing you have to say i did nothing and why you did nothing and what are you going to do? So not only you see what uh, what uh, you are bringing to the table, but how the project is succeeding or failing, and why is succeeding or failing. So it's very 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 important. I really really enjoyed the the, the agile scrum. Uh, uh, do it. <laughs> That's well put. Uh, and I think it's 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 really interesting to see uh, people's take on on that process because. It sounds pretty crazy um, when you talk to somebody about it who knows nothing about it, and it's uh, you know it kind of it kind of sounds like oh well we're gonna kind of prioritize things and then kind of take it day by day and we're gonna you know start at the beginning of the week and decide what we're gonna do and by the end of the week we're gonna have completely finished that and it's gonna be ready to roll out to production if necessary. Um, you know, a lot of people hear something like that and they and they don't necessarily uh, wrap their brain around it, but when you're actually in in the process and actually part of it, you can actually see how that works because you break the pieces down into small enough chunks where somebody says, okay, yes, I can accomplish that in one day or two days or whatever it is. And, um, and then you monitor your progress as you're going through that and make adjustments as necessary. It's a very agile approach, right? You can shift and, and change position and direction uh, on the moment's notice. And um, I think that's, that's the great strength and having the product owner as part of that uh, is is one of the best uh, features of that because they're in the traditional software development, you know, you would you would approach the company and you would say, hey, we're going to build this software for you. We're going to gather all the requirements and then we're going to um, go away and build it and then come back and go, here you go. This is, you know, version one. Let us know what you think. And then you're like, you know, in many, many, many cases, uh, it was like, that's not what we wanted. <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's really um, a, a, a change for the better uh, in the way things are done. Um, so when you think about like, sorry, so like the next, you know, five years or so, all, all things working out as planned, do you see yourself sort of maybe doing some cooking uh, seminars or something on the side and then being like a full stack developer as a career? Or do you have other plans? I can see myself in those shoes. I'll definitely, I, I really, I don't know if 
cooking for others other than than my my family uh, but uh cooking uh teaching uh, cooking i really really enjoyed it actually i'm talking with some of the of my co-learners in the in the program some of them approach me that they they feel that they don't have enough knowledge to cook so i will organize something something with them i just love them to when when see uh, uh for those that have been in, on my linkedin i have a little clip that I, when i went to to uh, to a morning show to on ctv and i uh just to see how things click in their faces when i'm explaining i love that uh i want to to develop more uh, knowledge on the on the developer side I definitely will uh, continue my my path learning again. Uh, learning a, a syntax of a language it's uh, a lesser of uh, of my objective. It's more developing the whole structure in my brain to understand because syntax is kind of the the, the just the, the iceberg tip, right? Under the the water, there's ton of things that need to be happening in your in your, in your brain firing in six cylinders uh, in order to be able to to develop so i want to to hone those skills like in the in the midterm i, I would like to have a professional looking uh, portfolio which uh, will open uh, open doors to have uh, uh, positions that will uh, fulfill the the next part of my career to develop that uh, that knowledge and to to become uh, more proficient. Like uh, at some point, I would like to um, to be uh, good enough, fast enough to encoding, uh, but also all the other things that need to support the development of software. Because I'm not a programmer; I'm a software developer. Um, and you know what? I think you're you're well on your way. Like I said, I'm pretty sure you know more than you think you do. The 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 ability to break things down into little tiny pieces is actually one of the most important uh, aspects of being a developer. And, uh, you know, you have that in spades. And so all you have to do is approach each of those tiny little pieces and figure out what to do next. Uh, you, the comment you made about syntax, I, I agree 100%. I mean, you as a developer, you learn multiple programming languages over the years. And uh, the syntax is sometimes similar. Sometimes it's quite different. But the general concepts behind uh, you know looping and variables and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is always generally the same thing it's just applied differently based on what language you're using and what you're trying to accomplish uh so so you're you're well on your way i think that uh people listening to this uh this podcast right now if you're looking for a, a new developer for your team uh, i can't recommend Raphael enough i think he's an amazing person he's got a great personality uh he, he as you can tell he he takes the ball and runs with it uh Perhaps a little bit to the obsession side, which may or may not be the the most perfect situation. But I think it's awesome. I think uh, you know that this this podcast alone is is a very very similar idea, uh, Raphael. I I got started and now I just have to do it. <laughs> so every week we have a new episode. So you know, thank you for for being on the show, Raphael. If, is there anything that you'd like to say in closing before we uh, wrap this up? Thank you for having me, Al. Uh, if you have the, the curiosity, explore uh, the, the, the resources that your city has, that your region has. I vouch 100% for, for Inception. Uh, at the beginning, it will make noise in your head, but it, you need to trust the system. And you need to fight your urges to have everything digested from the beginning and just 
wrong with the ball. Uh, and last uh, uh, advice I would say, if you can find yourself a mentor, find yourself a role model. I can. I don't want to sound condescending, but when when Al uh, Al interviewed me for uh, for the for coming into the program, I said, "Oh, that is somebody that I would like to to be get closer to what he is." I, like I I consider you like a, a role model of, of developer Al, uh, you and Greg Fenton and and Tony Tony Anderson. It's it's like oh that that feels like something that I I will feel very happy, very accomplished, if I get a little closer. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. That, that means a lot, uh, Rafael, and I appreciate it very much. Um, okay, everybody, uh, tune in next week for a new episode. And uh, if you'd like to be a host, a guest, or a sponsor of this uh, great podcast, please send me an email, um, rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Raphael and my LinkedIn links will be in the show notes and you can find those uh, at the podcast website, which you can find through the Rainforest website, which is rainforestab.ca. See you next week. Thank you, Raphael. Thank you so much, Al. Cheers. Bye-bye. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage, inspire, educate together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>